0: Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the Database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where for today's topic in Sheer, we're going to be discussing the Parsha of the Living Dead. Now, what exactly do I mean by that? I'll answer that in the form of a riddle. But first, I'm going to just thank our sponsors. We have Nishmas Lea Bas Avraham and Akir Ben Rav Shlomo, anyone else who wants to sponsor to partner up with us here at the database, just reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data base. B-E-I-S at gmail.com to make your sponsorship today. Now on to the riddle. You see, there are a few individuals whom Chazal teach us are viewed as though they are Chush of kimes. They are considered as though they are dead, even though they are physically still alive. Now, there's one Parsha in the Torah that features at least three of these individuals. If you look really closely in the Rashis on the Parsha, you'll find three individuals whom Chazal teaches us are considered as though they are dead. Rashi invokes the concept three times in this particular Parsha. The question is, which Parsha is that? And who, in that Parsha are the three individuals who are considered as though they are dead. Now, if you're listening to this sheer soon after I upload it, there is a little bit of a spoiler because you'll probably naturally assume and correctly that the Parsha HaShavua at the moment of this recording is the Parsha that I'm referencing. But if you're listening to this at any other time, you now have the opportunity to pause the audio and guess which Parsha you think or perhaps know it is. Which Parsha has the three Hashuvim Kames, or at least three of them? Go ahead and guess. Okay, your time is up. And in fact, the Parsha is Parsha Svayetse. Now part B. Part B is who are the three individuals whom Rashi tells us in this week's Parsha are considered as though they are dead? Now is your chance to guess. And time is up. So in case you didn't get them, The three of the individuals who are considered as though they are dead, we have first, someone who is blind is considered as though he is dead. And when Hashem speaks to Yaakov, He describes Himself as Elokei Yitzchak, the God of Yitzchak. Now why is that significant? So the Medrash tells us, and Rashi quotes it, that Hashem only refers to Himself as God of any of the Avos after the lifetime of the Avos. Only once that Av has passed does Hashem refer to himself as God of that individual? So, for example, Elokei Avraham. The problem is, at this particular juncture in history, when Hashem was speaking before Yaakov and describing himself as Elokei Yitzchak, Yitzchak was still, in fact, alive. However, Rashi tells us that because Yitzchak was blind, he was considered as though he was dead. So the first one we have is Yitzchak, who was considered as though he was dead because he was blind. Okay, number two, we have someone who is poor, an ani. Ani is chash of k'mes, not just the summa, but an ani. And in this case, we have that when Yaakov Avinu meets Rachel Amina for the first time, he cries. And one of the reasons suggested in Rashi was that Yaakov came um, without any money. He came empty-handed. And this is because when he was encountered by Eliphaz, the son of Esav, who was commanded by Esav to kill Yaakov, so Eliphaz, struggling, not sure what to do because he knows that killing is not exactly the nicest thing to do, Yaakov Avinu makes a compromise and says, you know what, Ani chashav of someone who's poor is like he's dead, you can take my money and you can tell your father that you killed me. So we have Yaakov Avinu, he is an Ani and therefore he is Chash of The third is someone who is barren, someone who has no children. We find this even more explicitly in the Chumash when Rachel Yemenu. Tells Yaakov of to Dobin for her to have children. Because if not, she'll then she'll, she says this to Yaakov. If not, it'll be like I am dead. Thus we have a third individual who is considered as though she is dead even though she is alive, someone who has no children. Now, as it happens, there are a couple of under a couple of other individuals who are considered as though they are dead even though they are alive. And the um, the question is if maybe we could be annoying and somehow um, inject them into the Parsha as well. So, for example, you have a Russia, um is um, so, um, someone who is considers though he is dead even though he's alive. The Medrash tells us this about Terach, for example, when the Chumash signs off Terach, even though historically Terach was still alive at the point that the Chumash tells us he's dead. And maybe you could say the same thing for Lavan. Lavan was a Russia and Lavan's in the Parsha. So this one doesn't appear in Rashi, but we have Lavan... Maybe you want to be even more annoying and say, "Oh, how about a metzora? A metzora, someone who's a spiritual leper and he's got this white malady on his body." Ah, so we have the word love one. Okay, so that's again just me being annoying, and then we could try to plug in the other chashuvim Kimes into the parsha, and maybe you'll say that someone who's sleeping that's considered one sixtieth as though he's dead, and that would be Yaakov Avinu who slept in this week's parsha, but. Um, I'm not going to be that annoying. But we'll just focus on the three that the Parsha tells us about. The question is, what is the point of this Mayim or Chazal, and what is the lesson of the Midrashim that are suggesting that these various individuals are, are, are considered as though they are dead? Now, I don't have an answer as to why specifically it fell out in all three in this, in this parsha that we have these three chashuvim kemes, but there is something that they do share in common and something that we can learn from in terms of what it means to be alive and what your purpose is as someone who is living. And we could perhaps even plug this into the other individuals who are chashuvim kemes. So the idea is as follows. What all of these individuals have in common is that in some way, they are limited in their facet, in their ability to give to others. Right, someone who is blind is dependent on other people, and there are several things, most things in life, that he can't do to help other people out. And someone who is blind, therefore, because he is not able to fully live for other people, that's why he's not considered as though he's alive. Now another example is someone who is poor. Someone who is poor also is going to be someone who is dependent on others, especially if, if um, he is someone who needs to accept gifts from others, right? Some people are sameach b'chalko, they might be considered an ashir, and they're not as, as as dependent on others. But when someone depends on other people, so they are very limited in their ability to be able to give to others, because once again, they don't have the wherewithal to be able to fully live for someone else. Someone who doesn't have children. A very, very painful nisoyon. So in the same vein, that someone who is blind can't completely give to others, the truth is that it's impossible to know what real giving is until you are a parent embracing your own child. Then only at that point, even marriage doesn't completely... Um, display it for you. What it really means to completely give your life over to someone else. Someone who doesn't have children does not have that experience. Lo And now we could even try to connect this back to the other chashuvim kemes. Right? Um, there is that gemara in brachus that says someone who's sleeping is is as though he's not alive. Um, it's at least one-fiftieth, one-sixtieth as though he's dead. It's gemur and Brachos, Sandaf, Nun, Zion. And there you could say someone who's sleeping. Yeah, you can really, he can hardly do anything for other people. Um, among these individuals, we also have someone who is a Mitzorah, someone who's completely isolated from the camp because of his antisocial behavior, someone who has done things against other people. Right, a crime against other people, and even if um, you know, even if you don't want to look at the spiritual reasons for his tsaras, the point is that he's isolated from everyone, and he cannot be part of the community to live for other people. And of course, a Russia, the, the 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 prime example perhaps of someone who is considered as though he's dead, even though he's alive, because a Russia does not live for other people. What's very clear about this particular uh, message of Chazal which, um, again, the Mepharsham say that someone who's unable to live for someone else, he's someone who's not considered to be alive, it completely informs and changes our understanding of what it means to be alive, what it means to be a person in this world, that we have a mission. Someone who lives just for himself, someone who lives selfishly, that's not really living. And in fact, that is also someone who you might say is an Ani, Right, someone who is who is not an usher, someone who's not simcha b'chalco, as it says in Per that person who only lives for himself. Let's say he's the richest man in the world. Perhaps you might say he's not the he's not exactly an usher. And maybe in a certain sense, this guy's also like he's not alive. But the point is that we live so that other people can live. Essentially, that's what we're here for. If you are living in this world and you're not living for other people, if you're not yearning to be able to sacrifice and to give to other people to devote your fullest energy to other people, so then you're not really alive. A very simple but very profound idea from this week's Parsha, emerging from maybe a simple riddle, but more uh, fundamentally, this, this this idea of what it means to be alive in this world. Okay, we've had a busy week at the database this week, or um, really um, a busy week in the lifetime of... Rabbi Eisenberg. And that's okay. Um, I wanted to just give you a little bit of food for thought, and I hope you enjoyed. In the meantime, that's all we have time left for this Real Talk Torah. Until next time, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thank you for joining us here at the Database.